we're just so thrilled you guys are here and, and kind of starting off the Christmas season together. It's, it's, it's just a great time of the year, and I love it. And, and, and just to kind of piggyback a little bit so that we kind of let you guys know what to expect and what's coming on. For the, this month, you know, we'll continue our normal Sunday morning times at 9.30 and 11 for the next few weeks. And, you know, Christmas Sunday, which I believe is the 19th, we'll still have those times. But we are going to have uh, some special Christmas Eve service times. And Christmas Eve this year is going to be at 4 and 6 p.m. We'll have two identical services. And so it's just going to be a really, really great service you won't want to miss out on. And I uh, hope that you can bring the family, bring the friends, whoever you, you want to bring. It's going to be an awesome time. But then that following Sunday, December the 26th, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to hear it, and some of you are not going to show up at the right time, no matter how many times I say it. But don't say I didn't say it. On December the 26th, we're only going to have one service, and it's at 10. So you guys, you show up here at 9.30. I know one or two of you will, and you'll just be early. But the second service crew, they're going to miss it. So I, anyway, just remember that. We'll, we'll kind of keep you updated. But it's going to be a great service. We're just kind of one big family together at 10 o'clock on the 26th. But, you know, there's something that we've been doing the last few years that I really have really, really am loving. And that's, we've been partnering with some community organizations uh, to, to put on the, this, this uh, event called Boxes of Love. And we worked a lot with uh, Ford UAW, and, and they kind of sponsored this. But there's a lot of community partners. And I want to ro- invite Rodney James to come up here. A lot of you know Rodney. He, he uh, has been a, a lifelong member of this church. And he's really one of the integral leaders that makes that event happen. And, uh, and I want Rodney to kind of tell you a little bit about it and how we can be involved. Well, thank you, Brandon. Uh, good morning, everyone. And uh, it's funny, real quick, I had to share this with you because I, I don't never notice Brandon getting nervous. But uh, when I walked up on the stage here, I could see in his mind that he's used to me up here throwing penalty flags on him when we're on this stage <laughs> together. So, uh, Boxes of Love, mark this down in your calendar because I promise you, you're going to be blessed with it. Uh, we will be doing this at 4th Street Live on the 21st of December. And what it is is we at Fairdale Christian will get 50 of these Boxes of Love, which each box uh, feeds a family of four. So we'll be able to distribute them in the community as we see the needs. And it's really, really awesome. There's a couple of pictures up here. We actually had Brandon down praying for us a year or two ago. And we've had a lot of participation with Fairdale Christian over the last two or three years. So I promise you, you'll be blessed when you come down. Now, I'm going to tell you, it, it looks like an ant farm when you work down there because it's assembly line. And the boxes come down. Well, the boxes are at the end. And you have a Myers bag. And you will put a can of this, a box of this, a cape, a, and all that stuff together, but it's labor of love, it goes very fast, you will have a ball, we'll have pizza afterwards, uh, we want as many people can come, and if you got anything that says Fairdale Christian on it, please do wear it, please do, because we want them to know that Fairdale Christian is so active in this, and this is a great joint effort with, uh, like I said, the UAW and the Metro United Way, so I promise you, It'll just kick the spirit off wonderful, and I promise that you'll be blessed beyond words. And it's really, really a special blessing that Fairdale Christian has the opportunity to be able to participate in this. Yeah. So if anybody has any specific questions, they can see you after service. And uh, we have also got to sign up out in the lobby, one of the vertical TVs. So if you want to sign up, we just need to know for food, the pizza, and everything afterwards if you want to be involved. And we'd love to have you because it is great. I, I love being down there. Oh, and, and you can bring your children, too. Bring your kids, grandkids, or whatever, because the Osmus family, my goodness, they come down there, and the kids just work their tails off, and it's just, it's just fun. Yeah. 
and know that you're doing something good. Awesome. Thank you, Rodney. Thank Appreciate you. what you do, man. Give him a round of applause. It's, uh, it's really cool, so I hope you'll be a part of that. But, you know, it really is, it would keep saying it, you know, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it really is, uh, and, and, but not necessarily because of what's happening, but because of what's happened. And not because of who's with you, but because of who's for you. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today as we kind of kick this series off. Now, I found this interesting. I was reading this, I, I found this article a few years ago, but I kind of kept it just, and I came back to it this week. There's a 2011 Consumer Reports poll found that almost 25% of Americans identified Christmas music as one of the most stress-inducing aspects of the holiday season, ranked just behind, quote, seeing certain relatives. I thought Christmas music, 25% of us, a quarter of us in this room, according to the poll, Say that Christmas music, so what we just did a few minutes ago, you guys were like, oh, thanks a lot for just rat- ratcheting up my stress level already. And I, I thought, why, why would it be, why, why does Christmas music cause stress for people? I don't understand that. And, and I, I don't know, but I suspect it's because Christmas music is so idealistic. You know, talking about the, you know, the, the silver bells and, you know, over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. And I mean, the, the great, you know, you got that picturesque idea in your mind and, and then you look at your life and you're like wow it's not nothing it's nothing like that what what i'm singing about or what i'm hearing on the radio really does not match up or line up with my life and for most of us in this room i think christmas really quickly gets pretty complicated and if it's you know we're really good at making it complicated we do a good i mean i was looking at my calendar making nice calendar uh last night kind of just looking through the month like what are we what are we doing and i realized i think we're pretty well booked every week through december like, there's not a lot of uh, free time, margin time in there. Like, wow, that happened quickly. And it happens, like, before Halloween, everything started filling up. And, and so what we want to do is, is, as we look forward to this season, is, is let's slow it down a little bit. Let's keep it simple. Let's allow it to be simply Christmas. And just enjoy it. And because the time we have is so short and it's so precious with our families, uh, we, we want to see everybody, but because of relationship junk, maybe... Your family, everybody can't be in the same room at the same time because, you know, this person, we got to, you know, we got to figure things out and schedule because Bob can't be with, with George and, you know, they all don't get along. And what, so you, you, you're trying to get go to this parent's house and that step-parent's house and shuffling grandkids all over the place and trying to line it all up, quality time. But the time frame, right, it's like we got a whole month, but it just gets compressed. And it feels like, how am I supposed to get all of this in and just this short amount of time several years ago i had a really good friend remind me of that i we were having some kind of some family you know hard things going on and i called this friend of mine and i said help me figure this out you got any advice for me and and i'll never forget he, he said brandon when when you look back on this time that you have and it's very limited it's such a short time to make special memories with your own children what is it that you want to remember do you want to remember great times, special, special moments, or do you want to remember car rides and stress and, and everybody kind of being on edge with each other and making everybody happy except yourself? And so, you know, for me, I had to make some tough decisions that year, and, but it's good. But the, the thing is, at some point in all of our lives, that's a little bit of our story, is trying to figure out uh, how, do we, how do we make all of this work because Christmas can be so wonderful and 
sometimes so terrible, but it's mostly wonderful, right? It's, it's mostly good. Uh, but the thing that creates the tension, really, I, I think, is this, is that it, it, Christmas exaggerates all the bad. You know, some of us are going into the holiday and we've lost someone that we love. And it's hard all the time, but it seems especially hard at the holidays. Or we're going through a divorce or there's marriage problems or, or problems with something else, maybe at work or whatever it is. And it's always bad. It's always hard. But, man, when you get to that little slice of time, it just feels like it's so much worse. It exaggerates all the bad, but it also points us to something that's so incredible. And the time gets compressed, and we're really reminded of, of these three things, I think. You know, what, I think, what's up with Christmas? Why is it so hard? I think it's because maybe more than any other time of the year, we're reminded that there are problems that we can't solve. You know, we watch the news. We're looking at everything around us. You know, crime is up in our city, all these terrible things. And, oh, there's supply chain issues. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's, there's all these problems, right, that you and I have zero control over that. We can't do anything about it. And we're really vividly reminded of that. And we're also reminded that there's people that we can't control. You know, I can't get my kids to, to, to walk the straight and narrow. I can't get this uncle to, you know, you know forgive me or whatever. I can't figure this out. Whatever it is, there's people that just are, are doing stuff that we, we can't control that. And then there's expectations that we can't meet. Where the people aren't meeting for us. And, and really, if we would just slow down long enough to look in the mirror, I think we'll see oftentimes that, well, I'm kind of the I'm kind of the problem that I can't solve, and I'm really the person that I can't seem to control. And oftentimes, I'm the person that sets expectations that other people can't meet. But but we're reminded this time of the year of who's for us. And the darker things get, and the more complicated things get. Everything gets a little bit exaggerated. But at the same time, we're able to focus on the light of the world. That has come into our world to make an extraordinarily practical difference in all of our lives. That's what I love about following Jesus. It's, it's one thing for us to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. And we could use religious terms. And sometimes when people start sharing their testimony. they You, know, you ever notice how it's like they, they have a certain way of talking. But then when they start talking about walking with God. All of a sudden they, they've got a whole different vocabulary. And it's like what, what, what just happened to George there? What? Where, where, where did he go? You know, now all of a sudden you, you're talking like you're, you know, from another time period or something. Just kind of this, we, we kind of over-spiritualize things. And then we sort of, there's like this, there's like this divide between how much does this really affect my life? But what I love about following Christ is, is what a practical difference it makes in my life. I was just talking to somebody this morning. They, they said, you know, this past week was just a really hard week for me. Just stuff at work and stuff at, you know, in, in life, home, whatever. It's just, it was just a hard, stressful, difficult week. But they said the service hasn't even started yet, but I hear the praise band warming up, and I met a few people, and, you know, all of a sudden, I just feel better. It's weird, but I just feel better. And I'm like, isn't that, isn't that amazing how that is? And that's the difference, part of the difference that God makes in our life is he just lifts us. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, you know, it's, it's encouragement, there's love, there's peace, there's hope, all those things. And I want to look at, a, at one of the most, when you think about forward-facing, you know, leaning into hope, one of my favorite verses of Scripture is in John chapter 1. And the book of John, you're looking at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is so different from the other three, where the other three are kind of like a historical narrative. They're going through like 
hey, here's where Jesus was born, and here's how it happened, and this is what he did. And here, where John is a little bit more, uh, kind of, he's kind of like a, a narrative. He, he's a, more, more of a, a, not narrative, more reflective, I should say. Kind of looking back, and, and he's helping the people who are reading it understand what a difference the Lord wants to make in your life. That this is not just words, this is not just some pie-in-the-sky idealistic idea, but he makes a wonderfully practical difference in your life. And John opens up his gospel in the first chapter. He didn't talk about angels and shepherds, and, and, uh, and it doesn't begin with the manger and all those sort of things, but he, he's talking about the significance of the birth of Jesus, and that there were very dark days then, just as there are dark days now. And when he sat down and, and he got into all these details, this is so extremely powerful when we think about how things get so complicated. He says in chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, the word already existed, the word being Jesus. In the beginning was the word. It says the word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. It's not just physical life he's talking about, but Jesus is, he says, I'm going to give you new life. I've came that you might have it, that you might find it. You find it in me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give new life to you. Uh, something that's so much more significant. I, I think about, and we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, if you're around, we talked about that one parable of Jesus where it says that the kingdom of God is like a, it's like a mustard seed that grew into this big tree and birds came and made the nest. And the application there is that everybody benefits just because the church exists. Even if you're not a part of it, even if you're not a believer, you still benefit because the church exists. And, and I, I read this scripture and I'm reminded of that, that even people who are so far from God, even, even if they have nothing, they're like, oh, I'm an atheist or I don't, I'm a non-believer or whatever, wherever they fall on that, it's that just because Jesus came, you are better for it. Like there's something good that's happened in the world. Even though there's a lot of dark stuff, and even though there's a lot of bad stuff, there's something good that's happened. You've got an opportunity to know who, who he is. You've got an opportunity to be saved and forgiven and, all the, and made right, all those things. But, but this is a big statement when he says his life brought light to everyone. Because before Jesus arrived on the scene, everybody kind of thought that the Messiah would come and rule over Israel. Like maybe this would be a regional thing, just like this area. And John says, no, 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 this is, this is going to be for everybody, everywhere. This is a big deal. Jesus' new life is going to shine. He's going to shine as a light. For all mankind. And he, he goes on to say something else so profound. And he begins to talk about darkness. And I think about all the, the darkness and the death in the world. And it just seems like every day there's a new tragedy. There's a new shooting. There's, a new, there's some new terroristic act or something that's happening. And, and, and John certainly, who's writing this, would have seen a lot of pain and tragedy. He says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. No matter how dark it gets, the darkness will not overcome the light. It just, it just won't. It's, it's easy for us to feel sometimes like, man, it just feels like the world is winning. There's so much evil and there's so much wrong. There's so much 
evil. Feels like the world is winning. I think, you know, it, it may feel like that maybe because we're just fixated on that. No matter how much darkness there is, it's never, ever going to snuff out the light. The light still exists. I was thinking about the bumps that we hit in life. And when we hit a big bump, you know, there's a big tragedy. It's just human nature to ask the question, why did that happen? You know, why did I have to go through what I went through? You know, why did God allow that to happen? We want to know why. Because we live with a restless desire to figure out purpose. You know, we want to know that there's a purpose to everything, that nothing just happened because it was random or by chance. we got to find meaning in it. And so when you're facing those things, you just extraordinary pain, something in us that wants to figure out why in the world, you know, am I, am I experiencing this? You know, divorce. Nobody plans for, nobody plans for, for divorce. You know, my plan, I'm going to marry somebody cool. And we're going we're gonna to be cool forever. You know, it's just going to be great. Nobody plans for it to fall apart. And, and, and everybody, we, we plan to get a promotion, not to, not to have my job cut. You know, we, we plan to get engaged. I, I plan to, to have kids. It wasn't in the plan to, to have fertility issues. Like, that wasn't on my radar. So why, God, why is all this happening to me, and where does all of this fit? Because I, 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 I need to know where to put this in my life. I don't even want it to be a part of my life. So what do I do with it? And it's just not the way things are supposed to go. And despite all the problems that we can't solve and the people that we can't control and the expectations that we can't meet, when we look at Jesus, there is a beautiful reminder that all the bad stuff that piles up around us, all of that stuff, can never overcome the light. No amount of darkness can extinguish the goodness that he brings into our lives. Where's our focus? What are we remembering? John was absolutely convinced that no matter what happens in this life, no matter what we face, how deep the heartache, how, how extreme the feel, fear, how deep the depression, there's a light that shines in the darkness. There's a light that's still shining, and no amount of darkness can put it out. He goes on, he says that Jesus came into the very world he created, and the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And they're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And the thing about the birth of Christ that reminds us, maybe more than anything else, that God has dipped down into humanity. Like this is this is where this is where the the, the deity and the divinity and the, the goodness of God has met our brokenness right there at that moment in history, that moment of time when when the, the baby Jesus is born a couple of thousand years ago in a in a in a a cave, a stall, whatever you want to call it, in, in a manger. But that was the moment when, when the goodness and the, the divinity of God squeezed himself into, into human flesh. And it's the story of God intervening, you know, coming in and, and mixing it up and being a part of who we are. It's just unmissable that we have a God who understands, who has walked in our shoes. We don't have a God who's 
in a galaxy far, far away that could never understand, could never sympathize. But we have a God that we know is with us and hasn't left us. He's not abandoned you, he, and he cares about us. When we're confronted that there's problems we can't solve, and you've got people you can't control, and there's, there's just all these expectations that can't be met, and what do I do? And I feel overwhelmed, and in all the midst of all of that stuff, Christmas not only reminds us that Jesus is with us, but that he's for us. One of the things, the question that I feel like I probably hear more than more than others when it comes to our faith and you know we want to know is somebody a believer you know is somebody is somebody following Jesus they'll ask well do you believe in God do you believe in God is that person do they believe in God do they believe in God we know how often do we flip the question around and ask ourselves does God believe in me like, does he believe in me? You know, some of us, some of you say, man, I never, I didn't know if I really had anybody ever believe in me. Or look at me, maybe they didn't put the arm around your shoulder and say, man, I'm so proud of you. Look at, look at you, look at what you're doing. Look at the potential that you've got. I believe in you. You know, I'm proud of you. Does God believe in us? And I'm reminded more than any other time of the year that, that not, only is, not only is Jesus with us, but that he's for us. He looks at you and says, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. You know, I, I've formed you with purpose, and, and you're doing good things, and I want you to continue to grow and work those things out. And it's, it's really just a difference. When, when that flip switches in our mind, when we go from just, yeah, I believe in God, to, man, Jesus believes in me. And, and the Bible says that in him, he's like a, he's like a, a friend that is closer than a brother. I mean, he's, he's with me. He's for me. That's just that's a whole other level of following God when you get there. It's not just like, yeah, I do this because my mama told me I should or my grandma prayed for me and drug me to church. And so, yeah, I follow God because that's what our family does. But no, I, I follow God because he's with me and I'm with him. And that's what we see with Christmas and, and all the craziness that goes along. We've got a Savior who leaned toward us, not away from us. You know, he looked at how messy we can be and, and how messy we are. He, he said, I, I want to run to them, not away from them. John described it this way. He said that the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Man, that's a powerful verse. I mean, that's just really, really, just, you can't have any more hope than that. He's just full of faithfulness. Full of love, and we've seen his glory. God, the fullness of God, squeezed himself into human flesh so that he could be near us. He says, I'm coming to you. I'm going to be Emmanuel, God with you. He's the light of the world. And he wants to light up your world today. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus said these words. He said that he spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Now, I really like that it says that. I read that verse. I think about so many of the things that in, in my life that I'm like, oh, I have to do this, and I have to do that. I don't have a choice. You know, I've got to do these things. I've you know, got all these, these deadlines or, or people that I've got to you know, help or things that I've got to do and tasks you know, that I have to do. I don't have a choice. 
And that's, I love this verse. He says, Jesus says, if you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness. Sometimes we walk around like we don't get a choice. My life is broken and I'm messed up and I really can't do anything about it at all. I'm just going to, I just keep settling for this subpar life that just feels, you know, just worthless. And it, Jesus is saying, no, that's, that's not the case. You don't have to walk there. You don't have to be like that. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have something. It's kind of like this cliffhanger moment. Like, you're going to have something. Think about what he's offering. You don't, you're not going to walk alone. You're not consumed by darkness. You're not consumed by sadness and pain. Those things may happen around you, but you don't have to be driven by that. You don't have to be consumed. You don't have to live there. All the agony that you're just trying to process. And Okay, I'm going through the grieving stages. What are the stages again? Okay, in any order, what do I do? Okay, I'm trying to, okay, I'm, I'm in denial. Now I'm, now I'm going to bargaining. I'm trying to figure, you know, all that stuff, the fear, the anxious thoughts that are racing through your mind that won't, that just feel like they won't stop. The sleepless nights, the feelings of inadequacy that I'll never be enough. I'll never measure up. I, I'll never have the confidence that I need. You just fill in the blank. All the darkness that is around us that casts a shadow over our thoughts. Jesus says, if you follow me, you don't have to walk there. You don't have to live there anymore because you have the light that leads to life. Something's happened in you. Something's happened for you. And it changes Everything. It's the good news today. Jesus is the life and the light that has overcome the darkness. And that's why there's always hope. That's why there's always a reason to believe that there's a God who hears our prayers and we wake up every single day uh, to take that next step. And I was thinking a lot about this, how I, you know, as we think about Christmas, kind of going into the season, where, where I wanted our focus to be for the next, you know, for the next few weeks. And I just keep coming back to that, that he is the, the light of the world. The, the light has come into the world, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. And so I, the only way I can think about it is like a candle. You know, you think about lighting up a, a candle. A lot of you have these at home. You think about that little candle, and it just adds a little bit of light. And I, I think, okay, this is, this is what the scripture is telling me. That Jesus is like a light. And we can add as much darkness as you want. You just keep, keep adding it, make it darker and darker and darker in here. The lights will go all the way down, even though it didn't affect the light one bit. It still shines. See, the problem is, a lot of us, we're not looking at the light. We're focused on how dark it is. It's so dark, it's so dark in here. I can't see, I can't see. And if we just fix our eyes right here on Jesus... No matter how much darkness you add, he still shines brightly. It's still making a difference in this room. It's still, still shining and, and showing us that, hey, there's something, guys. There's something. You don't have to live in the darkness because you have the light. And nothing on earth can extinguish it. No amount of darkness, no amount of fear, no amount of pain that you might be experiencing right now today is going to overcome or extinguish this light. Jesus is the light and the life. And no amount of pain, no amount of hurt is going to extinguish that today. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you that you have sent Jesus to step down into our world, into our lives, and you have made such a difference for each and every one of us. It's easy for us, Lord, to forget that, and we, we forget how good you are, how much love you have for us. But Lord, I pray that you remind us as we go in and we just, we just start to celebrate everything that's good about this season. Help us to remember that you have done so much you've made such a change help us to keep stepping Lord help us to keep walking towards you and to keep changing and to continue to be conformed into the likeness of your son may we be the men and women of God that you desire us to be more like Jesus every day that's in his name I pray amen I want us to stand together as we sing this song you know if you need to talk to somebody about following the Lord today We'd love for you to swing by the next steps area. We'll be out there and we'd love to talk to you about that. today. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for your goodness. Pray that you would bring the light into our lives. Help us to live uh, for you in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.